On Culture Chef, we've covered Metro Detroit's dining scene for years. The openings, the closings, the latest trends, and all the news. But since the pandemic began, we've also followed the hardships that the region's restaurants and local workers are facing. In the past few decades, the restaurant industry has become the fastest growing private employer in the nation, employing about 13 million people in the days before the COVID-19 epidemic. It also had the lowest paying minimum wage in the U.S. Saru J. Raman leads the national advocacy nonprofit One Fair Wage, which has been pushing to change the way service industry workers are paid. Culture Shift's Amanda LeClaire spoke with her about how now is the right time to raise wages for Michigan's restaurant workers before the industry reopens when the pandemic subsides. Of the 13.5 million in that industry, about 10 million, we estimate, have lost their jobs or lost their jobs since March. About 60% of them reported not being able to access unemployment insurance because they were told that their subminimum wage plus tips was too low to meet the minimum state threshold to qualify for benefits. And we heard that actually, especially from workers in Michigan, even more than other states, but we did hear that from workers, tens of thousands of workers across the country. And um, that in and of itself revealed the inequities and problems with the wage structure in the industry that existed prior to the pandemic and that frankly should never have existed. As I mentioned, the industry is the largest and fastest growing industry in America with the lowest paying jobs. That is largely due to the money, power and influence of a trade lobby called the National Restaurant Association or the other NRA as we call it. Um, They represent the chains, the IHOPs, the Applebee's, And they've been around since emancipation when they first demanded the right to hire newly freed slaves, not pay them anything and have them live entirely on tips, which was a new concept at the time. It had come from Europe. In Europe, it was always an extra or a bonus on top of a wage, never a replacement for the wage. It really was slavery and Jim Crow, the Jim Crow period right after slavery in which Restaurants wanted to be able to hire black people, in particular black women, not pay them anything and have them live entirely on tips. And that idea of a non-wage or wage tips as wage replacement became law in 1938 as part of the New Deal when everybody got the right to the minimum wage for the first time, except for tipped workers who were given a zero dollar wage as long as tips brought them to the full minimum wage. And we went from zero in 1938 to $2.13 at the federal level and $3.67 in Michigan. So a $3 increase over over 80 years. Today, most tipped workers continue to be women. 70% of them are women. They're disproportionately women of color. 40% of them are single mothers. They struggle with the highest rates of poverty, economic instability, and sexual harassment of any industry in the United States because they're, before the pandemic, they were forced to tolerate all kinds of inappropriate customer behavior to feed their families and tips. And the insane irony of the struggle that these workers are facing now is that prior to the pandemic, workers like Tracy had been part of our efforts to rise up and demand one fair wage, a full minimum wage with tips on top. States, neighboring states like Minnesota, but also California, Oregon, Washington, Nevada, Montana, Alaska, all require the full minimum wage with tips on top or what we call one fair wage. Um, These are states that have higher restaurant industry sales than Michigan, higher job growth in the industry than Michigan, 
higher rates of tipping than Michigan, and one half the rate of sexual harassment in the industry because women in those states get a full minimum wage with tips on top and don't have to rely entirely on customer tips. The horrible irony was that the women in those states who are tipped workers, Minnesota, California, when they applied for unemployment insurance, they largely got it because they had been receiving a full minimum wage with tips on top. It was clear what they earned. There was no gray area about the tips. Uh, they earned a full minimum wage and they got unemployment insurance based on it appearing on the record as if they worked full time. When tipped workers in Michigan and many other states with a subminimum wage, there are 43 states with a subminimum wage, when those workers applied for unemployment insurance, a majority of them were denied by their states, the very same states, by the way, that had refused to raise these workers' wages, then turned around and told them during the pandemic, you earn too little to qualify for benefits that, by the way, they paid taxes to get. And then if they were able to access any benefits, maybe the federal uh, you know, CARES Act got them benefits that the state would not afford them because the federal CARES Act provided unemployment insurance based on, not based on income, just based on losing your job. So perhaps they were able to access some federal benefits. And then they, these workers were told, okay, now if, if your employer asks you to go back to work, you must take that job regardless of pay, otherwise you're gonna lose your benefits. And so now these same workers are being asked to go back to work for two and $3 wages in most states when tips are down 75 to 90%. And so literally millions of workers across America are saying, you're making me choose between my life and my family's life and my livelihood. So with all that history in mind, what is the alternative or, or what is the goal? for changing the wage structure for uh, service industry workers? We actually want to transition to a full minimum wage model. Even if our state doesn't require it, we want to transition to a full minimum wage model with tips on top because we realize we are people of conscience and we realize that this system didn't work. And there are actually a number of restaurants in Michigan that already pay, paid before the pandemic, paid a full minimum wage with tips on top and are thriving and succeeding. Um, you know, there's Rose's Fine Food, owner Molly Mitchell, that's been paying one fair wage for many years. Uh, there's Miss Kim's in Ann Arbor, Michigan, a Zingerman's restaurant that's been paying one fair wage for many years. There are several restaurants in Michigan and around the country that even if they are allowed to pay $2 or $3, reject that model because they know it doesn't work for anybody. And now because of the pandemic, for all the reasons I've just stated, many, many more employers are beginning to recognize that, are asking for our help to transition. And finally, legislators are also following their lead in realizing that this is a system that has to go. Let's take this conversation to politics. On a federal or state level, what legislation or relief is there for service industry workers or, or what kind of legislation should be enacted? So this issue, we started the campaign for one fair wage in 2013, and we won it on the ballot in Maine, we won it on the ballot in DC, and we won it in the legislature in Michigan. Um, but as you may know, because we had collected 400,000 signatures to put this on the ballot in Michigan for November 2018, and the leadership of the legislature, uh, which is Republican, was terrified that it would drive democratic-leaning working people, especially women and women of color, to the polls, because it, it's a popular issue among so many working people, particularly women and women of color. 
And so um, they very openly said, we are going to adopt this ballot measure and make it law, but we're doing that just to make sure people don't go to vote in November. They said this to the press, and this was early, um, this was in 2018. Um, and so we ran a voter program in response. We mobilized about, you know, 100,000 low-wage workers to vote. Um, we were part of kind of sweeping in a new a change in the Michigan uh, kind of political landscape based on the power of workers who said enough is enough. But after the election, during the lame duck period, when the same hadn't yet changed, they did what they said they were going to do, which is they went ahead after the election and reversed the, the law from tipped workers' wages in Michigan going up from 367 to 12, they went back down to $3.67 at the end of 2018. So the incredible pain for these workers is that they had mobilized, they had followed the law, they had organized to win an increase in their wages. And the legislature responded by adopting their bill to raise the wage. And then in a very, frankly, unconstitutional turn of events, blatantly said, we're doing this to keep people from voting. We will reverse the wage back down to 367. And then those same workers were now told, because your wage is $3.67, you don't get benefits. I mean, the, the same, the state is essentially slapping these workers in the face, blaming them for being the victim of the, the state. <laughs> Um, and so Michigan needs to follow its own state constitution and reverse the reversal. You know, we, there's, there's lots of language in the Michigan state constitution that to adopt a ballot measure and then amend it in the same legislative session is unconstitutional. And that's precisely what they did just to keep people from voting. So Michigan needs to reverse that. The attorney general should be calling out the legislature's actions as unconstitutional. And uh, ultimately, other states need to pass one fair wage as well. This is moving right now. And about seven states are considering legislation right now. Seven states already passed it. And we won it in the US House of Representatives last year. Uh, and so now it will go to the Senate and potentially a, a new and different US Senate next year, given potential for change in the US Senate this November. And then just on Thursday, Vice President Biden came out endorsing one fair wage as part of his jobs and economic recovery plan. So this is definitely gaining momentum across the country. And Michigan is a place that not only should follow that momentum, but frankly needs to do so for constitutional reasons. And we are talking to Saru Jayraman. She is the president of One Fair Wage. We're talking about how service industry workers are paid here in America and in the midst of the pandemic and afterward, should that change? And so, Saru, when people begin returning to eat out in restaurants or go to bars or, you know, if they keep on ordering in, what do you want folks to remember about this industry and the people who are working, you know, either as servers or for those who are behind the scenes? What's the big takeaway? We want them to remember two things, actually. One, we want them to communicate with the restaurant that they're ordering from and tell the manager or the owner hey, I love the food here, I love the service, I wanna keep ordering here, and I want you to know it's important to me that workers in this restaurant are paid a full fair minimum wage with tips on top of that. You know, when I as a customer pay tips 
I do not expect that tip to cut against the worker's wage. Rather, I expect it to be on top of the worker's wage. That's how I, that's why I tip. I expect you to pay your worker and the tip to be an extra or a bonus on top of that. We need customers to communicate that to employers, number one. And number two, we need those same customers to communicate that same notion to their state legislators, especially in Michigan, to say, I am a customer, uh, especially during this pandemic, but frankly, even before that, we, I need the people who I tip to be paid a full minimum wage because I do not expect my tips to subsidize these companies. I expect the tips to be on top of a wage that this employer pays to its workers, like every other worker in every other business. I think what we all need to remember is that everybody else outside of the restaurant industry, every other type of business is compelled to pay a minimum wage. This is the only industry that gets away with saying, oh, we shouldn't have to pay our own workers' wages. Customers should pay our workers' wages for us. And especially now, when customers themselves are in dire straits and tipping is down 75 to 90%, expecting customers to cover workers' wages is preposterous. It's ludicrous. And in fact, it's illegal. Because when tips are down, the employers are supposed to pay a full minimum wage. So we need change now, it is urgent. Um, these workers will not be able to survive on a two, three dollar wage because there are no tips to be had. We need one fair wage to be enacted now before the industry fully reopens. And frankly, that's what employers are saying. Many leading employers are saying, let's change this now while we're closed so that when we come back, it's a level playing field and we're all moving to a more resilient, sustainable industry for everybody. That was Salru J. Rahman, president of One Fair Rate Wage, a national advocacy group for restaurant workers. The group has given out more than $12 million in relief funds since March to those service industry workers affected by the pandemic. And about 650 of those are here in Michigan. She spoke with Culture Shift's Amanda LeClaire.